0: Is Kate and I'm happy to be here. And you're listening to the podcast, happy to be here. How are we doing? How are we feeling? <laughs> feeling okay? Feeling not so okay? If you're not feeling okay, I hope you can take this day and just decompress, do your own thing. We're recording today. What day is it? Monday? You can already tell that's how my week is going. <laughs> And I don't know what Thursday will bring the day you're listening to this, but hopefully it brings good things. So yeah, it's actually just me today. I haven't done an episode of just me in a long time, and I think it's due time. Also, I've been very, very, very busy. Very, very, very busy, which happens when you're in grad school, but... I was actually supposed to have a new class start, and then the day before I was supposed to start, uh, my professor cannot teach it anymore. Uh, So that was fun. Then it got moved to a different day uh, and a different time and a new syllabus. And I was like, nope, we're not gonna do any of that. So yeah, that's kind of how my life has been going. I have been doing good to some degree, but also not really. (laughs) It's funny. Every time I start a session with my therapist, I tell her, you know, she asked me how I'm doing and I'm like, oh, I'm good, you know, and then we go into the fact of if I'm really good or if I'm just saying that. Over the past few months and working with my therapist, I've learned some things. So obviously I'm going to share them with you guys. So when I first started this podcast... I my very first episode actually, I talked about how I have a lot of self-love and how I'm not afraid to be myself and to do whatever I want and to just be me. And all that's true, except for the fact that I have a lot of self-love and that wasn't me like just putting on a show or a facade. I think I've learned a lot about what self-love is the past few months. And the conception I had of it beforehand was not really (laughs) realistic and uh, meaningful. I think, too, with, like, social media and mental health, we get these, like, warped images of what self-love and self-worth is. Like, people think, oh, self-love and self-care is, like, doing a face mask, taking a you day. And those things are beneficial and they help. But that's not what it's about when it comes down to it. I always thought, too, self-love was how you thought about yourself and the image you have of yourself. But that's not really what it's about, either. It's how you let other people treat you and, and what you allow to happen to yourself and what you enable in your life. I also think, too... I used to think self-love was just about being confident in myself and, you know, wearing whatever I wanted and, like, just being authentically myself, but that's not what it's about. It's about, like, who you are at your core, you know, and, like, how you feel about yourself when you're alone and, like, when you're going through a hard time. I had a lot of negative self-talk about myself that I thought I got rid of, and it's because it's been so ingrained in my mind. I've done it so much that I didn't even recognize it as self-negative self-talk, which is, you know, just goes to show you how entrenched mental illness is. You know, it really does affect your entire life. That doesn't mean it has to debilitate you and it doesn't mean you can't fix it or work on it, but it does kind of encapsulate your life. And for so long I didn't really realize how the thoughts I had about myself affected me. So actually, uh, two months ago when I was working at the library that I work at uh, over the summer, I did a program for tweens. And it was a self-love program and like self-worth program about, you know, self-care. And I came up with an activity where we took mirrors and we wrote affirmations on them and like positive thoughts about ourselves and like what we wanted for our future. And I remember I had to make an example for the for the program and I and I genuinely like sat there and I was like, what what like what do what do I write? Like I, I didn't really know what to write at first. Like I, I, I had it going in the beginning and then I, I got, you know, like five sentences in and I was like, wow, like I don't really know what else to put. And like that's really, you know, hard to admit. And it's easier to admit when I'm like recording on this episode and like talking into the void. But It took me, it took that to make me realize, oh, wow, I still have a lot of work to do on myself. I still have a lot of love to give myself that I'm not giving. And I remember talking about with my therapist because the reason I came up with that idea was when I was going through a hard mental health time, I would take post-it notes and I would write them on my mirror of like positive things I thought about myself and like things I wanted for myself because I had to physically see them to say them and to remember them and to... Enact them in my life. And I stopped doing that because I thought I got better, but I didn't get better. (laughs) And it really took a second round of therapy to get it in my brain that I needed this and I need to start loving myself, like genuinely loving myself. You need to treat yourself as you would treat like your best friend, you know, or the one that you love, like someone you love. And I don't really treat myself like that sometimes. Most times, if I'm being honest, because once you get down to it, like self-love is more about like your core self and how you feel about yourself versus like the, you know, the outside stuff. And I do sometimes still struggle with like, you know, how I look like my acne has been getting bad again, which is like super, (laughs) a super fun addition to grad school, you know, all the stress. But genuinely, I am pretty confident in myself and I've worked on that aspect a lot and I think it's easier to work on those surface level things than to work on like your actual self. It's a journey, you know, it's not something that happens overnight and it's not something that happens linear. I always say that on here. I'm always like growth doesn't happen overnight. Like growth, like, you know, it's okay to have your ups and downs and like it's not always going to be a positive uphill thing and it's easier to say that stuff and then to actually like believe it for myself, you know? I have been making a lot of progress in the past few months, but I've had some situations happen to me where it's taken me back to an old mental headspace. I've talked about this before, uh, but I I had some friendship. I had two friendship breakups, uh, both which were very important to me, and I was very close with both of those people. And they kind of left my life in a very dramatic way. That was really, really, really hurtful. And having two friends leave kind of took me back to, um, you know, middle school and like all my old past shit that, you know, was just super fun. But I was really hard on myself and I really beat myself up about the situation even though I didn't do anything wrong. And I think too it's important to know that if you are going through situations like that, where, you know, your past kind of comes back up or you're reminded of your past and like how you felt all those years ago or even like, you know, two months ago, whenever that situation happened to you. It's important to know that it's okay to like feel how you're feeling and you're so valid in your feelings, but don't like drag your past along with you. You know, like you can be present and you can move forward. My therapist was like, you're carrying a bucket. You're carrying like a red big bucket with all of your past with you. And you just need to let it go. And it's true. You know, I you can only use the past as an excuse for so long. And I'm not saying excuse for your actions. I'm saying like how you think about yourself and how you feel about yourself. You can't like carry shit with you forever. Like that's not going to go well for you. You really just have to like move forward. And it comes down to knowing that you're worthy and that you're valuable and that, you know, you matter. So heavy topic to start off with today. (laughs) But I think it's important because like I'm honest with you guys. I'm honest and I'm trying to be honest with myself, you know. While I do have self-love for myself, it's not as much as what I thought I had. And that's taken me a really long time to admit that on here and to tell you guys because I talk about it so often. But I want to be transparent and acknowledge the fact that like sometimes I'm not doing super well or other times I am doing really, really good. But then, like, my head tries to bring me back to, like, an old place. Like, my my thoughts, you know? And it's habitual thinking. It's not, like, anything that I'm doing explicitly. Like, it's happening implicitly. So it's important to interrupt those narratives about yourself. Those harmful narratives that don't do anything for you. I mentioned this on my episode with Cal that I did just before this. But I'll mention this again here. In Buddhism, they have, like, four principles of, like... How you should talk to others. And uh, my therapist gave this to me and said, we should use it for me for how I talk about myself, because I don't have an issue with treating others. (laughs) I treat others very respectfully and I'm nice to other people, but to myself, mm, sometimes. But, anyways, the four pillars is what you're saying to others true? Is it kind? Is it necessary? And is it helpful? And for me, it usually goes back to that first one. Is like what I'm saying about myself true. Like does this friend, like is this friend like sick of me? This friend that I've had for years, like they're just like mad at me and just want to not be friends with me anymore. And even if that is true that's not just like an intrusive thought, they have the responsibility to tell me that. Like you can't hold everyone to these high expectations. I've said this on here before and I'll say it again. Super sensitive people are often like self-obsessed and, you know, are entrenched in their own worlds and I'm trying to like bring myself out of that and I have done that however when old situations happen when when old events or new events happen that remind me of my past it's a test to myself to show that I am working on myself and that I can you know overcome all that shit that happened to me you know just because bad shit happens it doesn't mean you can't move forward you know so yeah, just keep moving forward and just trying your best because we're all just trying our best here. However, one thing <laughs> I don't hate myself for anymore <laughs> is being gay. Um, you guys know me. I love being gay. I love being a lesbian. Being a lesbian is awesome up until when it's not awesome. <laughs> um, so I live in uh, Champaign right now. I go to school at Uvi, at grad school specifically. And it's been really fun, except the gay scene here is a little bit lacking. Um, and when I say that, I mean, um, literally, it's a desert. Like, it's, it's very dry. And when I say that, I mean, like, openly out gay women. I'm not talking about sorority girl Jenny, at the club trying to make out with me because Chad over there thinks it's hot. That's not what I'm talking about. And I don't engage in those kinds of behaviors either. So just to articulate that. But yeah, it's it's been difficult to say the least. I've still found like cool women out here and I've, you know, I've hung out with other people and I've done things and I've, you know, I have some coworkers who are really cool that are uh, queer but in terms of, like, dating and stuff, that's been a little bit more difficult for me. Um, like, I remember this happened at ISU, and I think I just forgot about it. I think also, too, I idealized going to grad school thinking that all these gay people would be here. And, like, there are some gay people in my program, but it's not like it. It's few. It's few of us here. But at ISU, like, you know, you set your preferences to women, and you're, you're scrolling, and you're vibing, and then you run out of women. And you're like, oh, Oh, that's right. Like not everyone is gay. Like not every woman out there is gay. And it sounds like a stupid like assumption that I would make, but especially on TikTok too, when you're scrolling, you're seeing all these gay women, you just kind of develop this new worldview that, oh, like there's so many gay people out there and there are gay people out there, but not everywhere you are. In champagne, it's definitely a little more dry. And at ISU, it was definitely dry. It's always upsetting when I'm, like, just on a day nap and then I run out of people. And it's like, to expand your settings, to find more people, please go and look. And I'm like, well, (laughs) my settings are there for a reason. But thank you, Tinder, for letting me know. But yeah, I've literally met one other lesbian here that's it like only one only one and that's like insane to think about like I sometimes forget that like lesbians are not like in the majority of life like (laughs) especially too I get a little panicky when I have to tell people I'm a lesbian sometimes um just because I don't know how they're going to react to me especially if it's like in a workplace environment or just, you know, in class or wherever it is, I get like nervous about it. And right, you know, before I'm about to mention dating a girl or doing this or doing that, I I am reminded that I am in the minority here. I'm reminded that I am in the minority here. And you know, that I need to be careful about who I tell and who I talk about things in front of. And it's scary, but it's it's real life. Even the one gay bar here, Glow Bar, me and my roommate went to, and like the men were just being creepy. Like it just was not. And like, yeah, I was doing openly gay activities, but also like I deserve to exist in a space without being, you know, over sexualized and stared at. That's, you know, I would love that for me. And yeah, just men were being gross to us. And so we just decided not to go there anymore. And like, Obviously, I want to be safe. So I'm not going to put myself in an environment that I know is unsafe for me. But it just sucks that like the only, you know, place that's like, it's not even a gay bar. It's LGBTQ friendly. But the only place I can go to, I can't even go to, you know, there used to be another gay bar here, but it closed. And then actually I met, I have new friends. <laughs> Hi, friends. Um, I have friends in this organization I'm in, the Queer Library Alliance, who gave me this other bar. And of course, when we went there, it was the freaking folklore music festival. So it's all these like old white dudes. But um, like there are places for queer people to gather. It's just hard. And it sucks. And it, it's making me realize that, you know, wherever I do live or move, I have to be conscious of that. Like, I want to move in a place where there's other people like me. Obviously, I want to live in a diverse area, you know, and meet different people from different backgrounds. And, like, I don't want everyone to just, like, be like me. However, I do want to be around gay people. (laughs) Um, I, like, I miss Boys Town so much. And I've literally only been out there, like, a handful of times. But I I really do miss it. It's just the energy. Um, I just miss being around people who are like me. And I miss, um, you know being accepted in a space, a queer space as myself and like being gay. I have so many fond memories of Boys Town and like so many great things have happened to me there. And I've met really cool people and I am meeting really cool people here and I have made some like cool queer friends, but it's hard out here. It's hard. The other thing, the other thing that I'm now remembering, being in, like, a different area, not Chicago, is, like, everyone who's gay knows each other. (laughs) Like, because the community is so small, you literally, like, can't escape it, you know? Like, I'll go on dating apps, and I'll, like, see people I know, and I'm like, oh, hey, how's it going? Like, I don't, I just... And, like, I don't know. People knowing, like, my business is, like, whatever. Like, I have a podcast. But, like, dating and stuff. I'll tell you guys something that happened to me. I might <laughs> edit this out. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. So I had a situation happen. Uh, I matched with this one girl on Tinder. Uh, and she actually knows one of my mutual friends. And she was she was pretty cool. We were talking. Um, and then before that, I met a girl at a bar and we were cool, and like, I don't know, she just like, nothing was happening, and so one night, this girl sent me a photo of her and this other friend, and the caption was, threesome, Um, and I immediately was like, nope, 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 I do not want to be over-sexualized by someone I'm seeing, no fucking thank you, Um, uh, I just don't like it when Like girls just assume that that's going to happen or just like clearly I'm just like a sex symbol to you, you know, if you're going to say that. And then I ran into this girl last weekend and she proceeds to tell me that the other girl in the photo who was not like recognizable, like the photo is blurry, was the other girl I had been talking to. So it was not a homophobic intention. Um, they just knew each other. Apparently they work together. And I wonder if one of them's listening or if both of them are listening. I misjudged that situation. I just assumed that there was something going on, something homophobic going on, and there was not something homophobic going on. So yeah, you know, gay people know each other. They really do. So that was fun for me. And I was like, cool, 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 cool. So... Be careful, besties. Don't fly too close to the sun. um Don't girl boss too close to the sun. I just, I girl bossed straight into the sun with this one. But hey, the situation worked out for me. Both the girls thought it was funny, so it's all chill. But yeah, I don't know. Just, of course that would happen to me. Of course that would happen to me. It's weird too being openly gay in grad school and like in a college town because like, other people perceive me differently, like straight people. Um, I went to this, like, frat bar, which was, like, uh, it's fine. Like, it's fun for what it is, but I, me and and my roommate are, like, going to move away from going out to places like that just because it's not, like, it's not my vibe and it's just not the people I want to surround myself with. But it's always interesting, too, like, if I'm more mask presenting, a lot of women will approach me and, like, compliment me like very intensely compliment me. I'm like, oh, okay. I know you're probably in a glass closet, but let's let's keep it in perspective, babe. Um, but anyways, and like men don't really approach me anymore, which is, you know, nice. We we are that is the ideal. But then when I'm more femme presenting, men still approach me sometimes. And women sometimes do. But it's it's just interesting, you know. It's because I ha- I've also been experimenting with gender. Um, I go by she they pronouns now, which is fun for me. And you know, maybe you know, gender fluid is a term I've thought about, but like it doesn't really fit me. I digress. Anyways, so it's just interesting when I'm presenting a different gender, or I'm more masculine or more feminine, like the reactions I get. When I'm androgynous too, it's always weird to me when I'm like androgynous presenting and like men approach me, I just get confused. Like I, okay, so I was wearing this like button down black shirt and like jeans and like I did my makeup nice. Like I looked good, but like I had my shirt open, like, like, you know, like kind of like a, like a femboy situation, just a few buttons unbuttoned and I had some like necklaces on. So it was like kind of like masculine, kind of androgynous presenting. And this creepy ass guy could not leave me alone at this like chiller bar, me, uh, Mackenzie and uh, Claire, you know, Claire was visiting this weekend. And it was just bizarre to me that this guy was just like infatuated with me. Like he came, we were up on this balcony and he was down on the, the bar at the bottom and he kept like coming up and like talking to me. It was just really, it just made me really uncomfortable. Um, and like, he was just staring at me and it just was like, please leave me alone. And so I, I lied and I said, me and Mackenzie were dating. I said, this is actually my girlfriend, but thank you, you know, for all the compliments. Have a good night, sir. And then he was like, okay, ma'am. And I was like, oh, I've struck a chord. But yeah, I don't know. It's just always weird. And like, I'm just really not comfortable with getting like, um, really intense, like um, male attention like that, like, it's, a a compliment is nice, like, I'm a human being, you know, I'm not, like, a, a man-hating lesbian, although sometimes I am, most times I am, but, like, you know, I'm not gonna, like, just be, like, oh, fuck you, sir, for giving me, like, a nice compliment, like, no, it's, like, the intense attention and the intense, like, gross touching, like, I don't, like, I don't want that, I don't think any normal person wants those kinds of things, and also, too, it's, like, being kind of more fluid with my gender presentation has been interesting seeing women because like some women really 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 like it when I present masculine and I think they almost prefer it and then I know some women prefer me to present masculine and like no one said this to me verbatim because like you know whatever but it's just interesting to me too like just the kinds of different women you can attract based on your presentation and that's why uh, the lesbian community has terms like butch and femme it's interesting too just the different terms and like the different degrees of being gay and I don't really know many gender fluid lesbians or non-binary lesbians so it's just been an interesting experience for me and I guess I am I guess I am kind of non-binary if I'm going by they she they interesting development it's been a really good learning experience for me But I feel, I feel like happy and I'm, I'm like walking down the street and I'm like, wow, I really, I worked hard and I did everything I had to do and I got here in grad school and I'm like living my life. I'm in therapy. I'm seeing like women, I'm dating women. I'm just being myself. And yeah, like I'm still working on my self-love and my self-worth, but I'm getting there, you know, and things are generally good. Sometimes I'm really stressed and I want to like cry and throw up and like, (laughs) whatever you know what's that what's that mean I'm shaking crying and throwing up right now but most of the times things are pretty good and I'm very I'm very lucky to be here in grad school I'm very lucky to be getting an education and I'm just happy to be here you know well thank you guys for listening I haven't done an episode with just me so long, and it was really nice to just reconnect with you guys So yeah, I hope you guys have a good week and I'll talk to you guys soon. Okay, bye. This is me signing off.